Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord, we thank you again this evening for allowing us in your presence. And tonight, Lord, I'd like to follow up on a couple things from last night and also from a few nights ago when we talked about faith. I'd like to talk uh, or just explain a couple more things about this Genesis 37 that I thought were important, that we might understand something important because I like to talk about faith in the in Hebrews 11. There's much testimony there about faith, and I would like to speak on that a little bit or just review it a little bit because it's important for us to understand at this time when war is coming at us. And I'd like to touch on something relating to Joseph way back that also relates to this day. As it says in Isaiah 26, actually 25 and 26, but I'd like to look at chapter 26 in Isaiah quickly so that we might understand these times and understand it very well because it's, it's very important for us at this time. The thing I'd like to speak about in, in um, Ezekiel, excuse me, in um, Genesis 37, there's a couple points that I'd like to make to it kind of help, I believe, clarify this thing. I'm going to be sending out some notes, uh, hopefully tomorrow. I'll put post it on the website to go with last night's message on the 25th of, Christmas, uh, the 25th of December message. And I, I'd like to just have it there so that people can review it and compare it to Genesis 37 and get their own opinion of what is being said there. But I, I go through the things I talked about in the explanation that I gave about uh, Genesis 37 so that the people can see it and see if they believe it the same way. But in um, in Genesis 37, it talks about uh, one thing I didn't explain. This is in the land of Canaan. Uh, that is, he dwelt where his father was a stranger. Well, Shechem and all those areas are really in the land of Canaan that he was in. So that's what he's talking about is in that area. And the history of the verse uh, doesn't just talk about, um, it kind of summarizes the past as well as the exact timing of the event that's going to occur in regard to them selling off um, or putting him in the pit where the Midianites took him. And, you know, it's it's very interesting about the Midianites because it it's very interesting that he talks about where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. But Moab, tribes came from Lot, and um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. And we're going to talk about Midianites because the Midianite traders came by and took him. Uh, Midianites are considered to be First off, this media began with um, the son of uh, Abraham and Keturah. This is in his latter years, and he sent them away. Well, it's very interesting later on when Israel is going towards the promised land. Remember, the king of media, media would not allow them to pass through. And so he joined with the people of Moab, and he came against the people of Israel and attacked them. And later, 
it is made clear that um, the Lord had Moses, you know, the Lord God, in other words, the judgment God, had Moses attack and kill all the Midianites they could, including Balaam. Because remember, Balaam had prophesied against them uh, and so forth, and he was with the Midianites. So the king of Media had done that, the five kings. Uh, Moses killed the five kings, plus uh, all the women and children, even the children at that time, even the virgins. He, he killed them all because they had a very bad influence. But the very interesting thing was this all started because they wouldn't allow them to pass through their land, the house of Israel. And it was like they were afraid that even going through there, they would damage the land because it was a very mighty group. And I'm not quite sure why he wouldn't allow it, but he was stirred up to do this. This is selfishness or whatever. And it had to be, I mean, was it jealousy from the past? This is this is something that's kind of speaking out here. Midianite trailers uh, come through and um, surely they asked Joseph who he was and they didn't care. And they, um, I mean, I, I'm guessing that they would have asked him who he was in the pit. And they took him captive and took him away. And, you know, it's, it's uh, Midianites is a place of judgment, it's called. I mean, their, their name is about judgment. But, you know, when Abraham would have a son, he wouldn't have named him something that would have been regarding to judgment for evil purposes, but judgment for good. But they didn't do that. Instead, they saw Israel as a threat continuously. And... <clears throat> And Moab is the same problem. You'll see this in um, in these latter days. There's still a problem. And what will happen is the character of them, this idea that they were afraid of the people, that's why you can see in, in the Crown Trust, they want to destroy everybody that believes in the Lord. Now, that's the devil doing that and stirring them up to do it. But at the end of the day, this is their character. They're going to kill all the Christians. They're deceiving them. They're leading them in and even getting shepherds to help them like they did the rabbis in World War II. And, uh, you know, the Crown Trust was behind Hitler. People talk about Hitler. Hitler, it's very interesting that he went to South Argentina right before the war, uh, before, before World War II. And down in South Argentina is the underground city. And it's it was where the Crown Trust has all their, uh, you know, they have the underground city that can keep a million people for seven years uh, underground, their people. So it's it's very interesting that they would go there. They're planning the war, and that's where you ended up going after the war when they uh, escaped and went, Hitler escaped with the rest of the, the high people they were trying to save, and he went down there and lived out his life there. There's even rumors that um, Merkel is the daughter of Hitler and Eva Brown. I don't know. But it, there's a lot of evidence to that fact. And the Crown Trust is very loyal to that group. And you see it with the Bush family and so on. So there's a lot of history that people don't understand and evil is rampant in it. But this tribe of Moab, I mean, this charactership of Moab that's shown in the time of the Midianites is that they have a character trait that wants to get rid of Christians just because they don't want the Lord passing through their land. They think any part of it that would come through there might affect their people. So they wanted them cursed and so forth. And nowadays, 
you have Nancy Nicholson working for the Crown Trust and Dr. I mean, um, uh, Rothschilds and the Queen. And what's she doing? She's got a global genocide program. The DHS and so forth are all behind it. It's interesting that they've now given the CIA authority to squelch all truth because that's what they do. Bush put that in place that they don't have to tell the truth. Now they got this thing called fake news where they're going to try to block all truth. Why? They're afraid of the truth because it's the words of God where the power is found. Ecclesiastes 8.4, they want to squelch the ability of the people to discuss the words of God. And they don't want any Christians because the devil knows that the only thing he has no power over is the words of God. Jesus said his words are forever. They, heaven and earth can pass away, but his words uh, cannot pass away. So the devil's trying to get rid of the words of God. And he wants to get rid of all Christians because they have a tendency to go back and believe in the Bible. And they could begin to believe in his words that has the power. All of a sudden, they would have faith that discerns the word of truth and have confidence in it. And that would be the ending of them. So they want to get rid of faith. So you can see why Obama and the crown is having Obama pass this this fake news thing all over the world. They're not going after fake news. They know because they got a copy of the, the writings on the inductions of pure language. They know these words are coming. They said this is the time. They're going to bring about their own words. They want to squelch the Lord's words and bring theirs out and get the people to follow that doctrine while they kill them all because they only want a few millions left, not seven billion. They want this global genocide, this civil war. And I was in meetings where they said, you're going to do this. So this is what they're after. I can see with the CIA, they need to be careful because you need to understand Zechariah 14, 12. All those who come against his people, in other words, those who carry the words, they're coming against his words. They're not coming against these people. The people they're coming against are those who believe in the words of God. That's what the crown's afraid of. These words have power. Satan has stirred them up to know that trouble is coming. You got to get this stopped because we're now into the winter season. And what they do, the first thing they do is they pass this law to block fake news, which isn't fake news at all. They're blocking truth from coming forth. And it's not just the news and the media they're after. The devil knows what his danger is. His danger is the knowledge of the words of God will spread. And all of a sudden, the people will realize that, yes, you can speak the words of God and he will cause, these things will be caused to be happened because, otherwise, they'll overcome them because it was given to them from the foundations of the world that these words would cause these things to happen. So it's just interesting. They go all the way back in the foundation of these problems of the genealogy, the generations of Jacob, as it says in Genesis 37, 2, that here we go and we find out the Midianites are involved. And they're the ones that actually take him from the, the, um, the pit and sell him to the Ishmaelites. And the Ishmaelites went along with it. And you know, the name Ishmael, it was a name that was given to him. It was a good name. I mean, you wouldn't expect uh, Abram to give him a bad name. And that name, Ishmael had the name of God hears or he will hear God. I'm praying for the Ishmaelites that they will do the word of their name. They will go back to the founder, the Arabs, and so they'll go back to their founder. And they're talking about the God who speaks the words that Jesus was sent in the world to do. And he's the only one that has the blood. Muhammad didn't have the blood that Jesus had. He did not have the blood of God and of man. That is the secret to Jesus. That's the identifier of the Messiah. They can't create that. They would love to, but they won't be able to make that happen. God won't allow it. 
because it was his blood. And he will not allow that to come to anybody. Only Jesus had that blood. We have the blood of the waters, but he had the blood of God and of the blood of the waters through Mary. So that's the difference at this time. We need to understand that. But Ishmaelite's name was he will hear God. And at the end, I believe it's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to come back because it says the Arabs will hear Syria. He talks about Syria. He's talking about they will hear and they will come back. In Isaiah 19, it tells you that. So there's hope that they will turn and believe in the words of God because that's how you tell who is the true Messiah. It's not Muhammad. It's Jesus Christ. It's, you know, the, the Jewish people won't believe it. So you got both the Ishmaelites, the Arabs, all not believing in Jesus the Messiah. Neither does the, the house of Israel at this time. But God's going to cause them both to turn and come to the knowledge of truth. And they'll realize the words because that is what the Crown Trust is so afraid of. That's why they're setting up the CIA to do these things and, and uh, DHS and Interpol and all that. They're getting ready to go to war against what? Against words that they cannot win. Read Revelation twelve sixteen, And you understand they're going to have to flee from it because God will destroy them as they come. He says he will drive them far away, Joel two twenty, And he says the word will go before his people. They don't have to fight with weapons. There's no weapon that you can fight with as powerful as the words of God. Because the words of God is how these people are judged at this time, John 12, 48. You need to read Isaiah 26. It's an excellent teaching there. But I wanted to show something in here. That wasn't my point about Genesis 37 for tonight. My big point about Genesis 37 was the instruction that um, uh, Jacob gave to Joseph. I think, and the way I would understand this, is it's quite interesting. He's, this is in verse 12 and 13. He says, Then his brothers went to feed their flocks in Jechem. And Israel said to Joseph, And now are not your brothers feeding the flock in Jechem? Feeding in Jechem. Their flock isn't there. That That's added in. It's very important because there's something interesting here. He says, Come, I will send you to them. Here I am. And then he said to him. Please go and see if it is good with your brothers and good with the flocks and bring back word to me. See, what he's saying is he sent them to Chechem. Why would he do that? It's very interesting that you understand the name Chechem. Uh, it has a um, responsibility. The land that reads back, responsibility. And it's very true of what happened here. These people of Chechem uh, remember, they were tricked. The 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 prince, the son of the king, um, of course, raped uh, Dina, Jacob's daughter. And there was a big upset about this. But the guy wanted to make right. He wanted to marry her. And they agreed, the whole king and everybody agreed that they could be circumcised so that they could live together because Jacob said they couldn't intermingle without them being circumcised. So the sons allowed this, and then the sons tricked them when they were sick from the fever that came from after the circumcision. They went and attacked them and killed them all. And it was a horrible thing. And and this is what Jacob is saying, that um, uh, Levi, Simeon and Levi a hamstrung an ox. This is what he's talking about. He's the ox. The ox is the teacher. You see this under the 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 12 oxen underneath the, the basin of water in Solomon's temple. The ox is representing the, the teacher, the instructor. And Jacob was a very vicarious, you know, he was given the title of Israel. And remember that 
after this, after the Lord told them then, after they'd done this, he said, everybody will hate them and they will all gather and come against them. So they fled the area. God told them to go to Bethel. And, you know, it was the sons of Jacob that did this, the the, the sons of Leah uh, were doing this. I, I don't think Joseph was involved with this in, at all, but because the, the, um, Jacob points to Simeon and Levi. Levi learned by that lesson. Seems like Simeon didn't for a long time, but they will now. They're going to come. Now, the interesting things is that I believe that what he did here was he sent them back north to Shechem. Now, it's clear from um, historians, they believe, uh, the wells were in Dothan. But remember that the land of Dothan, they had, it was supposedly more luxurious, or in other words, more green field, a better place for the sheep to be. And that's why the, the boys, um, the, the sons of Jacob, decided to leave Chechem and go to, to Dothan. But it is clear that Jacob had sent them to Chechem. He agreed with them going there. And why would he do that if, if the lands were better at Dothan? And that's where the boys, irregardless, you know, it's like this week some football players disregarded their coach's instructions and they decided to do their own coverage and they were burnt by it. The, the team, uh, the other team scored on them because they, they went into the wrong co- coverage, they say. Well, whatever happened there, it's similar to this is what my point is. The, the, the boys thought they had the better understanding, better knowledge. They're going to go where the grass was greener. But Jacob had a, if he was going to check them and was having the, the um, sheep trod that ground and trembled on it, it was his sheep. And he was sending them there. That's like he's sending them there to do a good work, to tread the land, to make it prosperous again, to make up for what they had done. In other words, he was, you know, he's sacrificing by using the anointing of the Lord to, to benefit that area by having the sheep go there and trod the land. People don't understand. The bigger the flocks that you send on an area, the better it's going to be. It's going to come back and prosper quickly. But they see the immediate gain. They go to the place where the land has more grass right now, not where it's going to tread and, and stir up a good future harvest there. Because that's what he was doing. He was wise. Jacob was sending him the way of wisdom. And that's why he's asking. It was a good work. And, you know, only God is good. So he's doing the good work of of um, doing the words to enable the ground to be prosperous. I've explained this last year on the earth and some other writings that I did and audios explaining that issue. And it's been proven that that is correct. And science proved that. But the world doesn't want you to know that because they want to you know, destroy the flocks and so forth because they're trying to destroy our health and to make food expensive and so on. They're not trying to do good for people. Like They're like the, the brothers where they're going to take the easy route and they want to destroy everybody else and claim everything for themselves. Well, the the boys of Israel were not doing that, Leah's and them, but they were looking for the first and easy buck, the fast way. So they, they went there. And surely a lot of these flocks were theirs. But they were also uh, Jacob's flocks. So what they have here is is that issue. And I just want to point out, I think he was doing a good work. Because he had went south. He, the Lord sent him to Bethel. And then he went on down to Hebron where Isaac was. And that that is where he was staying. Because he sent him out of the valley of Hebron. And he went to Shechem. 
about the guys that went to Dotham. And it makes also more sense when he talks about a certain man found him, and there he was wandering in the field, and the man asked him, saying, what are you seeking? And see, it's like the Lord had said, and that it was almost like this was an angel, because it's like, what are you seeking? And because um, if he was doing away the words, the angel would have been there to bless it. That's what I'm trying to say. It's, it, it appears to me that this was an angel that met with him. And the man said, they have departed from here, for I heard them say, go, let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. So I believe that was what it was. But I think it's important to take note. Why would Jacob send him to Shechem when the historians and so forth said that the lands were lusher in Dothan? I mean, there's a lot of sages that say that as well. I believe that's the reason. Jacob was doing a good, good work for the crimes that they had done. And he was trying to bless that land from God for all the people, not just themselves. And he went to that place. And you can see in Dotham, it's like the two cisterns. In other words, there's two kinds of wells there. There's water that comes up. And it's like God today. He does a lot of miracles. He's been doing a lot of miracles. But not everybody's getting healed. Because God's showing them his word is true. It still heals. And it's always been working. But he's not, the people not calling on the power of God by the word of God. And that's why he says in Matthew 7, 21 to 23, that many people are going to say, didn't we call on your name? But see, they didn't really call on his name. He allowed their efforts to be rewarded for his glory, but not for their namesake. His namesake, he did it, not for them. Because they were not doing it in the way of the words, with understanding of the words, nor when they heard about it, would they seek it out. It's like Israel. He let Israel build a great temple. They sent his his son to them. He did all those things for them, but they wouldn't receive it. And within 40 years, the city was destroyed completely. And the people, many of them died in the Colosseum. Many of them died uh, hanging, being strung up on poles and mounted on poles and burnt for Caesar's and uh, uh, Nero's enjoyment to light his path and so on. I mean, just gruesome deaths that they went through because of this. So I wanted to point that out. I think that's important to understand that. And I'll have it in the writings. You can look at it and see what you think. But I think it's very interesting what God has done there. And I would like to talk um, tonight about faith. When we um, look at um, faith, it's it's very interesting. I, I think if you look at all of uh, Hebrews 11, it, it's just an amazing uh, text, the scripture of Hebrews 11, because it's, it talks about faith, and it goes back and gives these examples of the past. Now, faith, you have to understand that faith is a word of God. Jesus uses it. What he's saying um, He's saying, without faith, it is impossible to please him in Hebrews eleven six, For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, people believe that. On the surface, they believe that. But they ignore the fact that he made promises that he created from the beginning of the world. And those, those promises are in words that will never come back to him void. Because all of his things, his thoughts are from the beginning. He says these words or these promises were prepared from the from the beginning, these works. And they're enabled by his words by which they were put in the frame of. In other words, his thoughts, 
and his ways are all based upon words. And those words enable those promises because the words made all things. And truth is all things. And if you go back to, you know, the history of the, or some of the things back in um, the um, Old Testament, I'm sorry, uh, like in Isaiah uh, 26.2, it says, open the gates that the righteous nation which comes, which keeps the truth may enter in. It's very interesting. That word, the truth, the way it's framed in that one is the Hebrew word, uh, it's called imun. And the interesting thing, imun, um, of that word is it's faithful or truth. In other words, he says, which keeps the faith may enter in. So even back then, open the gates that the righteous nation, which keeps the truth, may enter in. Now, this is interesting because Isaiah 26, when you go and read it, and I'm not going to read it tonight, you can read it. But it's very much a very about today because it says in that day, and he's talking about the day that the Lord brings the people back. And again, he's talking about this will be sung in the land of Judah. And remember Judah, um, you know, it's what he's talking about here is Judah being the, the tribe of Judah must be the first one sealed, the first ones to come back to the word. And he says in the land of Judah, that's all 12 tribes are coming back. He says, we have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. Very interesting. Salvation and bulwarks. Bulwarks is like a forward wall. You, you, have, you have like a wall, a small wall, and then a, a bigger wall. Well, what's the small wall in front of us? See, the, the, it's like a, you have to run over these. The, the thing about this, the word of God is going to go before us. It tells us that in a, uh, Joel 2 uh, 1 to 11. He says the word of God is going to be strong before us. That's the word that goes before us. It overcomes all these things. See, when the Lord goes before you, he's going before you by the spirit of the word and everything is stirred up so that his will will be done if we have the faith to walk in it. So that's that's why he calls it the little wall. What he's saying, the words, it's like the little book. <laughs> you know, the words, the promises of God, they overcome all things. His thoughts are greater than ours. It doesn't take as many to get the work done. His thoughts are great. We can't even count them all, but they're basic. You know, they're, they're, they're all based upon a foundation of words that are set apart and made holy. You know, and, and then you go into um, uh, Hebrews 11. He tells you, and it starts right off with this, and it's a very interesting. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by if the elders obtained a good testimony. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. And what I've been trying to explain to you, this is explained in the Old Testament, but because we don't know the words or how they did them, we can't see it. When, you, when he tells you right there, they did these things by the word. Go check and see if the flocks did good. How did the flocks do good? He's not talking about their health and so forth. He says, are they doing the good work with the flocks? That's what he's trying to say. See, you would do them in the way of the words. It's like I told you, Elijah, Elijah, when he was plowing, Elijah came to see him. God sent him to anoint him and because he's going to take his place because Elijah was going to be taken up and to be a witness before God. And he's been there all this time. But Elisha, was, when he came to him, he was pulling a plow with, with 12 sets of oxen, one plow, 12 sets of oxen, because he was trotting the ground 
with a message. The oxen is the teaching and the instruction of word and the 24 elders. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's 12, like the 12 tribes, and you have justice and righteousness. He wanted both things. And that's what, that's what we're doing here. We want to have good justice and good righteousness, not evil intent, not selfish intent, not anything like the Moabs. See, the Moab idea is to get rid of everybody else, steal what they got, and go do, go do what you want. That's what they want to do. If what they don't like, they cast out. They won't hear what's good. They only hear what they want to hear and do that. And that's what's wrong with them. And that's why he says, and it's very interesting, he's, if you read uh, Isaiah 25, at the end of that chapter, he's talking about these people, uh, the Moabs, those kind of people like that. And he's basically saying they're going to be strapped down. In other words, they're going to be lying down. And what he's talking about is their arms are going to be withered. Their legs are going to be withered because he's going to strike them with the plagues that he's talking about in the Bible. He tells you in Zechariah 14, 12, partly about these plagues. And it's also in the Bible. He's saying he's going to wither their arms and wither their legs. They will lay down before him. He's going to cause them to be destroyed like that. And that, that's very important for people to understand. This is coming to these people. They don't understand it. It's coming. But by faith, by hearing the word and believing on the promises of God, his works will be done. And he goes on and talks all the way through this. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. He tells us that in John eight forty seven. in this time when the words are open, if we don't hear the words, we're not of God. John eight forty seven, And he tells if we don't hear, we can't discern his speech because we don't not discern his words. John eight forty three to 47. We have to understand this thing. These words are in there, the language, all through the, the New Testament. I mean, if you look up, the word faith in the New Testament, you'll see it's well over 240 times that it's used. And what its meaning is to hear. And a Greek word is talking about discerning the truth, believing in the truth, understanding it's a commitment, understanding it's a conviction. God doesn't do something without conviction. In other words, when he says it, it's going to be done. And faith is this thing. He's talking about the word of faith. You know, how could faith justify you if he tells us that we have to be set apart by truth in John seventeen seventeen, and that we're going to be judged by his words, John twelve forty eight, and truth, he tells you in John seventeen seventeen, is it God's words. And it's those same words that Jesus was sent in the world to speak that's going to judge us. So we cannot be justified by anything other than the words of God. In other words, faith is hearing the words and believing on the promises that they enable and then doing them. Not for our selfish needs, not for our glory, but for the glory of the kingdom of God. You do not do it for yourself. You don't do it for vengeance. I, I'm sorry, but that's truth. Hebrews 10, 31, it's of God. Let God have that. What we have to do is do the work of the harvest, and that'll bring us through. That's what Joseph was so intent on bringing forth. That's why his father sent him to go see if it was a good report, because he knew that Joseph, and that's why he wouldn't be, when Joseph was missing, presumed dead by Jacob, he was like stunned. You see, his faith in God, he had 
nurtured and taught this boy and done good works for him. Understand that when you do something, like when he put that coat of many colors on him so that he could receive the knowledge of the Spirit, he was doing the way of the words for him, and never did God tell him that he was doing wrong. And Jacob was a man of faith, and it talks about he was a man of truth, man of the words of God, the doing of the words. Psalms 33, 4, it says that uh, all his works are done in truth, and truth is the words of God. Psalms 119, 160, 142, 130. Understanding comes by the entrance of God's words. Please understand it. This is what they're saying. You know, how, how did Rahab be saved? When the, wall, when the walls of Jericho fell by faith, in other words, the words of God, hearing the words and doing what he said, and the walls fell at the end of that time. By faith, they walked around, and, and the, the walls that were protecting the enemies fell down. It's at this time, these people are coming against us because we have no wall. We don't have no bulwark. See, our words aren't there. We, we, we are not hearing the words. And the wall of faith that we think we have is not going to save us, as it says in Revelation twelve seventeen, because we believe in the Ten Commandments, we believe in the blood of Christ, but we don't understand that that blood opened the door so that we can go in and seek from him the right to receive the words of God that overcome the world. And our job at this time is to harvest and to overcome the beast kingdom. But we overcome the beast kingdom by causing them to be judged, by doing the ways of righteousness for them, and if they reject that, then they judge themselves. See, Jesus didn't, he came into the world to judge the people, but what did he do? He came to give them the words and they judged themselves. He says, because all people are judged by the words I spoke. That is what has happened at this time. We need to understand that. It's very important. But Hebrews 11, if you read the whole chapter, you see that it's continually this thing about faith. And faith is what? Faith is hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. So we got to get the word of God and then it'll increase our faith. When the disciples in Luke, um, what was it, uh, 15, I think it was. Let me get to uh, here my notes. Uh, Luke 17, 5 to 10, it says, And the apostles said, The Lord increase our faith. So here's how the Lord did it. He says, If you have faith, but he's using a Greek word, it means if you have the hearing of truth, if you have the hearing of conviction. What is conviction? Knowing that this is truth knowing that these are words of God that can never be broken. That's simple. It says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, come, sit, sit, um, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have take, eaten and drunk? Now, do you see what he's saying here? Gird yourself. How do you gird yourself? You put the belt of truth on. In other words, he's saying, do the ways of the words. And as you do the way of the words for others, then the work will be done for you. In other words, as you're doing this, then the work of the... It's almost like when, when, when they're doing a blessing. It's very simple for you to see this. When he fed him the meat then, uh, to Isaac in the stew, he fed him the stew, the meat that he liked, and what happened? He was able to be stirred up in the spirit to cause the blessing to come forth. So the spirit didn't lie. The spirit gave him that word. That's why Isaac says, I can't take that back because the spirit caused it to be spoken. And the spirit doesn't make mistakes. So the blessing went out on Jacob because it was the will of God for this to happen. 
Because, you know, if, if the blessing would have been wrong, God wouldn't have blessed that. He wouldn't have gave it that meat if it was, it was not his will to be done. He hated Esau. And he said the one will be greater than the other. He was doing his word that he said from the beginning because he knew what the heart of this one was because not even in the womb was he fighting. And it was like, you know, what was stirring them up? Were they speaking the words in his house every night? Yes, because Isaac knew this. He was taught by Abraham and Abraham's household. He never stopped speaking the words, and that stirs them up. And Jacob wanted that from the womb, just hearing it from the womb. So this is how you, you, you have to, when he's talking about, you know, the servant has to go do these things, he's saying, do it in the way of the words. Gird yourself in truth. And then do the way of the words because the truth stirs up in the stomach the instruction to do for the Lord because our job is to glorify him at this time. Our job is to bring in the harvest. That glorifies the Lord because he said he'd set apart a people at this time. He said he would bring the people in by truth. And that's what he's doing. So we have to do it this way and it'll be done. He says, then he'll serve us. Then he'll give us the, the full seven measure of the seven spirits each day which is a promise that he's given to us as a reward come the morning time. But right now, in the last of the night, we must bring forth the harvest. That's our job right now. I pray that this has been helpful. I suggest to read Hebrews 11. It's just filled with uh, examples of faith, hearing the word and doing it, and believing in that word will be done. But you're doing it for good works. You know, Rahab wanted to become a part of this people. She didn't want to be part of a people that wasn't walking in alignment with God because she heard of the great works that were done in Egypt and so on. She wanted to know this God. And she feared him and, and she wanted to serve him because that city was destroyed after that. She left with them. So these are things that we must understand at this time. And when you read Isaiah 26, you're going to see that the Lord tells him to open the gates and let all those in who believe in faith, who have the truth, the desire of the truth at this time. And that's why Isaiah 26 is about us at this time, to come out and be a part of this. It says, open the gates that the righteous nations would keep the truth may enter in. In Matthew 21, 43 to 44, the Lord said he took away the kingdom from Israel and he gave it to another nation. It's a nation that when the words are open, like they have been the last 13 and a half years, all those who hear the words are of this nation that the Lord says, open the gates and let them in. And he's going to bring back his people and all these who have his words, which is the inheritance of the Israelites, that we're bringing back to them to their shame. But I don't want them to feel shame. I mean, I praise the fact that the house of Israel brought forth these words and they've made made available to us. I don't praise the leadership in Israel right now or the leadership of Herod when Jesus came because he was an Edomite. He didn't belong on the throne of Israel, but the people allowed this and allowed it to continue and continue all the way up to their destruction. Even though it was against their own laws that it couldn't be done. They'd had no, they didn't hear the word, didn't understand that the Lord had sent them an answer. And the same thing now, that Gentile church hasn't realized the war is coming, destruction is coming, and they don't realize God has sent forth his answer and his plan. His answer is his words and that he's coming. And he's going to reign over the earth with a rod, from heaven with a rod of iron for seven years, beginning in the morning. But right now in the winter season, in preparation of that morning coming, and now we can see the world stirring up because they know they're in trouble. 
The devil knows it's desperate right now. He's got very little time left of his hour. This is it. He's, he's going to be in great trouble. These 42 months are coming to an end soon. Uh, the, the last half of the night of the day of the Lord, right before the morning comes, we're in that time now. And Satan's going to see that he can't overcome the words. God's going to empower those words in this time. Because beginning December 21st, he now reigns. God has taken away the right of dominion completely from the crown trust, from the president, from all these people. Donald Trump has no authority under God to take the oath of office. He thinks he does, but that's not of God. He doesn't have the right. None of them do. No mayor, no governor, no councilman, no, no, no preachers right now have lost their right because they haven't heard the words and taught them in their churches. They don't want to hear that message, but they're going to find that out because God is going to make it known to them. I thank you for your time. Lord, I pray that you will open your spirit to these people that pour out on them, Lord, and cause the ground to be shaken, that they will know this is truth or not truth. Lord, we pray that they will come under conviction if they are not walking in your words. Dear Lord, we pray that they will understand that by your words that you spoke, they're going to be judged. Let them understand this. Father, let them have a true conviction at this time because the time is so short. And Lord, they do not see that the beast is coming at them with all his guns a-blazing. Dear Lord, every evil thing that Deacon came up with, they're doing. And Lord, now they've just announced that they're bringing in this uh, unbelievable, they're calling it the office of truth. Uh, office of truth. Uh, there, there's nothing truth about the, the government or the Crown Trust or any of them. They don't walk in truth. They don't tell the truth. They do nothing but lies. And I know it firsthand because I've experienced it and seen it and been with them and heard them lie continuously. Lord, they have an evil intent. They even said that they were going to have the President Bush announce the DHS is going to be formed when it was already running. And he announced it. And that was in January 2002. Uh, and, and then he was going to announce it in June 2002 to the public that they're thinking about forming this Department of Homeland Security. He was going to pass it to the Senate and Congress. It was all a lie. It was already running. It was already funded by the Crown Trust and already doing not only work in America, but negotiating and putting people in place in South America and everywhere. And Department of Homeland Security was over, over top CIA, FBI, FDA, all these things, FEMA, all of it. And they, they don't work for the American people. They work for the Crown Trust. And they said it openly in a meeting. And then it happened in June. What did, I mean, in May, what did President Bush do? He announced DHS. And in June, they sent it to the Senate and Congress. And then by the end of the year, they, they passed it. After they had all these false TV debates that there's no debating, it was already funded and operating. And then they announced that Tom Ridge was going to, he's going to put Tom Ridge up for the office. He did that in November, December of 2002, and they finalized it in early 2003, but he was already running um, DHS prior to January 2002. So it was all a lie. And it was all made for TV, all made to lie to the American people, just like Obamacare and the rest of it. It's already done, this thing of the Office of Truth, CIA and this stuff, like thinking craft has been profiling every person on earth uh, from before 2002. And so it, all this stuff is false. They're, they're controlling everything and they're lying. And the devil has got these people in trouble. They're, I met a lot of them. They're not, they seem nice people, but they're totally deceived, believing that they're doing what's good for the people, including the genocide and depopulation, the rest of it they're going to do. That's a terrible thing. How evil a people can be that stupid 
uh, excuse me, it's foolish because they're like the Midianite kings and they're like the Moab king. They believe they're going to succeed and God said, kill them all. And that's what he's going to do. He's going to destroy every one of them who will not turn and come out at this time. And they're having their opportunity right now to turn. I pray, Lord, that they will hear, that they'll be like the men of Nineveh, and they will hear the word, fear you, and turn and seek out the truth at this time. Because, Lord, you said in Proverbs 1, 1, verse 23, if they will turn to you, you will pour out your spirit upon them and cause them to know your words. Lord, I pray that they will turn. And they will seek you because only through you can they get the authority to speak these words because the, the famine of the word is coming where not even these that have been prophets and seers and healers and so on will be able to have the word if they haven't turned to you and repented for their stubbornness and their refusal to receive this message. We ask you, Lord, to help them. Let them understand this is truth. Lord, make, make clear. Lord, I want your will to be done. I want your truth to be done. Lord, whatever you desire, let it be done. Because we know, dear Lord, you've called for this to be done and you've made this known through this time. Father, we thank you. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.